and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, how you doing? Doing all right. A little raspy today from all the shenanigans yesterday. Oh, I mean, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been, what, um, almost like 18 hours. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, uh, 9.45 yesterday is the last time I saw you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, oh, the shenanigans yesterday. I have, I rarely see you that hangry. <laughs> and, and let me put context into why I'm bringing this up. We took a trip over to a, a state over. We went to one of the game stores there, mm-hmm. or actually a few game stores. For, for trading in purposes and yeah, stuff like that. We traded a lot of games, having fun, trying to get some new stuff to our collections and whatnot. And uh, you're on a new diet now, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's pretty re- restrictive. restrictive. I have right? to, and, I, and I'm still learning. Like, it's almost it's can, it's basically right? keto style, high protein, low carb diet. Right, and so I've only ever eaten carbs, carbs. no protein. <laughs> right, so I was like, the only thing I know that's not carbs is salad. And you were giving me like rabbit food, really. It's like no, no, I'm that was our friend in the back that you were it trying was, to feed me rabbit was. food. And I was like, like that's the only thing I can think of. Like what what else is there? And the only one I shot down, in my defense, was Longhorn Steakhouse. I just yeah. didn't want to go to that specific steakhouse because I had it in San Antonio. Yeah. And I was like, I'd prefer it if I didn't to that one. Yeah. But I'm up for steakhouse. That's fine. I just didn't want that specific one, right? And um, <laughs> and then it was like, man, it was hard hard to find something that, that could work for you. Okay, you no, 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 and, no, no, and no, 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 I'd say so. Okay, I just started no, listing every restaurant I saw. Sell the full story on this one. We were talking about. You're like, okay, how, what does that consist of? And our, our buddy in the back, uh, Gamehead Geek, said, "Well, not Mexican food." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's right, because it's like tortillas, beans, rice. That's right. all carbohydrates." Right. And so I recommended a place that was Italian. Yes. Which I get. I get now. You've but, proved your what, point. What, what's funny but. about that? Everybody in the car look are looking at you like. In my defense, <laughs> it wasn't Mexican food, though. It's like... There's said, less chili in Italian food. Chili's not a problem. <laughs> I can eat chili, no problem. That's actually one of the uh, things I've been increasing in my diet. Yeah. Because it's good. actually really good, especially for weight loss. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like everybody just looked at you like, dude, Italian is just the other version of Mexican <laughs> food. It's nothing but carbs. Yeah. Like, I know they well, sell salads there. Defense, yeah, like I was saying, like from what I've seen, and I knew somebody, uh, my friend's wife, uh, he or not, uh, my brother's wife has to has to do gluten free. Yeah, so I'm like okay, and and she found a lot of options there. Yeah. when they went in because she was like, hey, is there any way I could do it this way or this way or this way? Mm-hmm. And they were super receptive. Now, granted, again, it was Italian, and a pizzeria, no less. A pizzeria, yeah. But they had like bento boxes with fancy different little small things. Anyway. But, um, and then so after I was like, okay, well, will this work? Will this work? Will this work? And you kept giving me the death glare. So I was like, you know what? I'm just listing every restaurant until just something happens. Well, and you just kept getting hangrier and hangrier and hangrier. Okay. To the point Let's I was I'm surprised to, you didn't grab the wheel out of my Let's out of mention my to all the people at the restaurants you said, after I've told you several times, low carb, <laughs> high protein diet. Again, a sandwich I don't, shop, I don't a ramen do shop. Our, our friend made a joke right. of doing a sushi shop, but I told him I can't do that because of the rice in sushi. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, we, we mentioned a place, a steakhouse, or so let's find something that we can do, you know, that will yeah. have like chicken or anything out there. Right. All this and that. And you're like mentioning this all out. And our friends are like laughing in the back <laughs> of the car. I think they were nervously laughing. No, I this. think it's because more of the, like they were laughing because all your suggestions. Well, Jersey Mike's there. I'm like. <laughs> I know. I'm just starting... <laughs> 
I'm I'm literally just go driving down the road, listing every restaurant I see. Yeah, that's no. all I'm doing. And so we finally decide until to, something hits because I don't because know we're going straight down to like there. like the next location that we need yeah. to go. And usually on that road, there's a lot of restaurants there. We yeah, missed it it's by adjacent to the university. We missed it by one road. In all honesty, he turned a corner around the corner. And we finally decided to go yep. to the Black Bear yeah, Diner. Yep. And so we went to that place. And that's where all the damn restaurants were. It's like, there's yeah. a Longhorn, there's another steakhouse over there, there's yeah. a pub over there. That's across the street from their mall, too, or yeah. one of their malls. So Yeah, so it's like, there's all the restaurants. Yeah. Well, and now we know for, <laughs> yeah, for, for next, future next time. Yeah, But no, that, that was just silly, and I apologize again, but man, like, it, he, he death glares the whole time <laughs> after we finally got our meal, he was beaming with smiles, happy... <laughs> Normal Daniel, back to back to normal. Mind <laughs> you, I'm on a restrictive diet again. Like, as yeah, we're saying, sure. the last thing I ate was uh, a low carb bagel and some fruit before we left. Because I'm right. like, I don't want to eat and drink a lot before we go because I don't want to have to, you know, use the restroom constantly as right, we're sure. going and stuff like that. Because yeah. I don't like drinking and eating a lot be- on our when we're doing like, these long haul trips. But yeah, no, so by the time we're like, okay, we're going to go to this first place, do all this, then we're going to go get lunch, and they were like, okay, we'll hit the mall, because it's right there, we'll go do this, and then we'll get a lunch, and we're like, hey, these are all the places, and we mentioned Longhorn, you kibosh that, and we're like, well, there's not really anything else over here, because it's all closed, really, and so we're like, you're like, all right, we'll go down Speedway, by the time we got where it was supposed to be our lunch, and the last time I've eaten was like 7 o'clock in the morning, right. it was 3.30 in the afternoon when yeah. we finally got food. So. Yeah, no, and I, you had every right to be hangry. <laughs> I, I think all of us were to an extent. extent yeah. But you definitely so. Well, the See, thing I'm is, I'm used to that. I'm the, used to waiting until about 4 p.m. And the thing is, I don't snack like I used to. So, like, if right. I had gotten something at, my, say, one of our first uh, stop-offs for getting gas, Usually I'd get like jerky or something. I just got myself. Actually, I didn't get myself anything because I brought a bottle of water for me to drink on the trip. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, normally I would have at least had something to snack on. The guys in the back were actually snacking on something, so they weren't starving back there. That's true. True. At one point, there, there, I was sitting there like, "Did someone get recess, or am I having a stroke? What's going on here?" <laughs> and it's because our friend got like chocolate fudge, uh, pre- uh, peanut White butter fudge, fudge pretzels. pretzels yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like confused. I'm like, "Am I having a stroke, or am I smelling peanut butter? Is that what's going on?" Because <laughs> I didn't know they had gotten those back there. Because I didn't see them buying anything when we stopped for gas. I right. think it was from our first stop before we left. Because oh. our friend forgot his water bottle. <laughs> Which is pretty great. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out. So if you haven't pieced it together already, we, we've hinted a little bit of where this place is. It's called uh, Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. We like Tucson a lot. It's we about the... four hours from us. Yeah. And we go there, you know, every few months or so. And for various reasons. Uh, hey, it's so very wrong. Um, now, in Tucson, Arizona, they have a couple bookstores called Bookman's. Mm-hmm. And we, we've given them a shout out before. We always like them. They've recently uh, closed two of them, but then opened up a new a one, different yeah. one. So now there's only two locations in that. Instead city. of three. Yeah. And it, it was pretty nice. I like um, that new one. What did you think of it? I like that new one. Um, doesn't really have a big gaming collection right, right now, but some of the stuff that they had, I really was happy for because like, uh, I got a nice yeah, uh, nice copy of uh, 51st Date Unpunched, the mm-hmm. Master Edition, the Kickstarter version. Picked up that. Uh, also ended up getting um, new uh, was the Manhattan Project or mm-hmm. uh, Energy Empires. Empire. Yep. So ended up picking up that one over there. So I was quite I quite happy about those because one I really really wanted and that was on my Christmas list and I never got it and 
brand new, brand speaking new for me, so I picked that up. And then I got that one, which I really did like. But we also went to actual two physical, uh, friendly local game stores yep. there. And both picked up games at, in both those locations. Yeah. I the picked first up one being uh, games, games and, and gadgets. gadgets in the Tucson Mall. Yep. And I ended up picking Loot Up Lunar in Mori. Maori? Mori? Mori. M O R I. Uh, two trick and taking games that I wanted to pick up from All Play. They had them in stock, so I grabbed both off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I honestly only saw Mori. You're the one that actually found Lunar. I think it was on the other mm-hmm. side of the shelf for where it was. So kind of hidden a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll take these two. These are the ones I wanted. I, uh, everybody picked up something. Our friend who's been looking for the um, Dark Horde expansion for um, Return to Dark Tower, the minis, he's been looking for that for a while, and they had it there, so he picked that one up from there. Yeah. And then the other one we went to was Isle of Games. Um, yeah. And we did enjoy that one. I actually was able to find a uh, one of the games I collect, or Kinnerspiel games. Right. Because that was the second time you had been there. Yeah, right? that's the second time I've been there. And they had I picked up something there last time, but it was something really small because yeah. we were there for a con. But this time when we went in there, they had a uh, pretty much a brand new copy of Istanbul Big Box. And that was yep. one of the games. Now I'm down to two Kinnerspiel winners I need to pick up. I could have gotten another one, but I want the actual copy that won the Kinnerspiel, yep. not the the predecessor, because they had Witch's Brew there. Yeah. And I wanted uh, Broom Service, so. Yeah. yeah, which I don't blame you. I mean, it's it, it looks cool, and, and I got to give them credit. They, the the employees there were very friendly, mm-hmm. good time, uh, very well stocked. Yeah. Very well stocked. It, I mean, it. Like, we, we've talked about some of those game stories before that are, like, you're almost tripping on games. Yeah. This, if they had just a few more, or, yeah. it would be. It was, it was they, a bit cramp. Um, yeah, all, the, where all, they but all this, everything's up on the shelf. Yeah, you're not going to trip over anything. It's just, like, really cramp, and you're right. like, okay, we're, but there's so much. Like, right. It, there was more than, like, these two shelves right there. Uh, so, like, how you could still kind of read my stuff. You have to move things out of the way. Yep. And then you have to look at the very bottom and at the very tippity-top. Yep. And you're like, okay, what do they got up there? It was, like, wall-to-wall just games from, yep. like, ce- floor to ceiling. Yeah. So it was they like, just need a bigger space, really. They, they really do. But, uh, honestly, uh, they're, they're probably going to end up doing, like, what Games and Gadget did. Games and Gadget started the same way. Really cramped, have everything on the shelves, mm-hmm. and just slowly, slowly expanded. So it was this part, and then they added the miniatures area where they have, like, all their miniature, miniature right. stuff sold. And then they added on, in the back, a little pub mm-hmm. um, where they sell, like, uh, drafts and stuff like that, beer and wines and stuff like that. And then yeah, you have a short your, rest tavern. Yeah, the short. Right. Yeah, that is. And then you go into the right. They took over another space in the mall, and it's their gaming uh, area now. And they have like two rooms in the back as well that they right. can rent out for like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, it's it was a really impressive place and how that one grew. And I could see Isla Games doing that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to give them a quick shout out. And before we get into today's episode, we're gonna, well, let's talk about what today's episode is. Yeah. It is our board game brainstorm episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Once a month, we have one of these board game brainstorms where yep. we take a classic game and we break it down with our criteria and give you recommendations based on those five criteria. Yeah. Whether it's ease of play, replay value, meaningful choice, game immersion, or art and components. Mm-hmm. But before we get into today's episode, Daniel, what have you been doing outside of gaming? So, uh... This one was actually kind of hard for me because I, I always talk about like sports and stuff like that, and this is it's kind of a hard year for you me. You always talk about sports. Mm-hmm. I talk about all the sports I'm into, 
like going to a ball game and stuff like that. That that was really fun. Uh, but the fact that this is like the dry spell for me. I mean, hockey's still going, yeah. but once that's done, the football playoffs are going on. I'm gonna be like, come March is like, come on already, get the get the baseball games going because I don't really watch basketball all that much. It's not really intriguing to me. That's uh, but I love hockey, but that's the only thing that's going on. So I do watch all of that. But there's another thing I actually do collect, and I didn't realize it. I was just sitting up a front, and I'm like, I'm going to put some music on. Oh, I do have another collection outside my hats in my board games. I collect vinyl records. Yeah. Uh, so much so, my mother-in-law actually got me a Christmas gift of coasters that are vinyl records. Yeah, those are great, too. And it's, it comes in the where you keep the coasters. It comes in a little record player, so... To keep the coasters from falling out, it's the actual needle that yep. holds it in place. So I thought those were adorable and great, and I love them a lot. But yeah, um, and my main thing with the vinyl records, I basically collect uh, music that I like. I'll, I'll do like new pressings, uh, but I'll also get like classic ones. Like I have Glenn Miller Band. I have because uh, I like some of the big band era music. I have sure. uh, some classic fifty. I have a uh, Chuck Perry all original pressing, like his one of his greatest hits. Uh, I do have a lot of Beatles. I, I do enjoy the Beatles. Uh, who else do I have? I collect like Tool. I, I'm a big fan of Tool. I have two Tool records. My wife has been getting really into it a lot lately too. So now we have like three or four Ghost pressings. I have a bunch of Queen albums. So I need to get more like crates to hold all these because I'm actually busting at the seams. We have Christmas albums yeah. to listen for Christmas. So like we have the Pentatonic Christmas album. We have both Trans Siberian vinyls that you can find right now. Um, so we have all that stuff. Yeah, I really do enjoy it. I have a Audio Technica, and it's not a really big record player, but you've listened, heard the sound yeah, out of that. Good it's got really good sound coming out of it. I even have uh, records from board games. Uh, the Level 99 was nice enough to gift me the uh, vinyl for Bullet, and I, we listened to it when we played Bullet, so Absolutely. we had a great time with it. That was so, great. Yeah. Uh, I do love collecting vinyl. I love the sound of vinyls. And I was very fascinated with them growing up. My dad used to have the massive one that was like probably about five feet tall where it's like the master deck. And then you have like the tape players and there was an eight track that can be fed into it as well. Yep. And then you had the big giant speaker yep. that, that did not have a brand on. Yeah, it, they were right. just next to it. Yeah, they were it, just speakers. Yeah, they were just speakers. I I loved everything about it. Growing up, and I'm trying to see if I can ever find these because my dad always bought me these little records that were basically radio serials. So I had like Mighty Mouse and The Adventures of Superman and stuff like that, and I haven't been able to find those, but I am looking for them just to for nostalgia purposes because I used my dad used to put them on for me and I'd just sit there and listen to them. So it kind of reminds me just recently when we watched the Christmas story when he was listening to Little Orphan Annie and stuff like that. That's how it was for me. My dad would put on a vinyl, let me listen to the, the, the story, and go do something like cooking and stuff like that. It's like one of my first memories when I was like four, five, six years old. So, yeah, yeah it's awesome. a vinyl record, yeah. Cool. Uh, so I've been working on something uh, that, it, speaking of reminiscing of the past, I've been playing Super Mario RPG a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and last night I beat it. Um, which was good. Like I, I think I beat it at about 16 hours, 15 minutes. So I took my time. I know yeah. it could be significantly shorter than that. So that's what you stayed up so late for. That That is why I stayed up late, because uh, I was very determined. Yeah. And I was at the point where I leveled up my characters where I didn't have to heal before I 
beat the final boss. Ah, that makes sense. Which is a really good sign. Yeah. Like, that means that you really, you really pushed You're really over leveled. Yeah. And so, uh, if you've ever played Super Mario RPG, or even if you haven't, they just the made, remade it for the Nintendo Switch. I got it for Christmas. And it is my favorite game of all time. It is. Video games. Honestly, for what it was back in the day, it pushed yeah. the Super Nintendo to its limit. That was like one of the most beautiful games back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was really nice. And it's true. You know, they, they, a lot of the graphics were updated. A lot of the same stuff happened, except every once in a while in this remake, like it, they'll have little changes on purpose and just mm-hmm. kind of like as a, a fun little nod. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I had beaten it, I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, finally did it, sat there. I was like actually dozing off a little bit, so I had to sit up so I could finish watching the credits, you know, <laughs> and, and it got it. And then it was like, oh, well, like, go ahead and save it, you know, you yeah. can have it as a save, game save and you can keep going and have more fun. And I was like. Huh? And so obviously, and I won't give spoilers, but they they threw in a little bit extra to play with. You. Yep, and that's and, what they do nowadays. Yep, and, and that's good because, yeah. like, you know, when you want to play a remake, you don't want them to change it so much to the point where it's, you know, like completely changing the fundamentals of it, yeah, which yeah, they yeah. certainly didn't. Yeah. Um, but they allude to the, the little differences here and there, and then now I'm at that part where I'm. I'm doing the post game stuff. Yeah, so I also I do see where it's going. I also do like the fact that they made it where you can put like an easier mode on, and it just makes it more friendly for kids to play. Sure, yeah. You yeah. don't have to have it on. You can play yeah. it naturally, and that's how I've been playing it. Uh, the only thing is, I haven't beat it yet because I got distracted with my new shiny thing that my um, friends gave me for Christmas. The new Spider-Man game. I really loved the Spider-Man back in the day, so yeah, yeah. that's the only reason I haven't beaten because I was enjoying the mess out of that. Oh yeah, well, I mean, up until I started really playing Super Mario RPG about last week or so, mm-hmm. I had been playing uh, Animal Crossing daily since yeah. then, and I finally paid off my house in Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, that's like the major milestone. Now I don't need to, like, do the hustle and bustle every single day, getting all the extra money. Now I'm just going to let it... I'm going to take a break from it. Yeah. Go into Super Mario RPG. Now I can go back to Animal Crossing once I figure out what this extra stuff is. Yeah. But that's what I've been doing lately, is I've been video gaming a lot. Yeah, and... Yeah, I know, because you would always talk about, I'm going to go home and do something, on, or even before then, I'm going to go home and work on my island. Well, yeah, I got it. I mean, now there's probably a bunch of weeds and cockroaches in my house, you know, but... Yeah, you got to go do stuff. Got to go do stuff, got to go maintain it. I mean, I did enough chores at the house today, now I got to help out Animal Crossing, you know, it's yeah. never ending. Yep, exactly. It's tough. It's a tough life. You cleaned, you cleaned your house, and now you got to clean their, your, your house again, but this one in the video game. Right? Yeah, my virtual house, yeah. <laughs> There you go. But I have a lot a lot of cool toys in that virtual house, though, so it's pretty good. Really? I've seen your game room. you got a lot of cool toys in your regular house. And that's the other <laughs> thing I've been doing, is now that we took that trip, viewers of the podcast or listeners of the podcast will know that one of my previous year's gaming goals mm-hmm. was to clean out the game room, which we talked about it a couple months ago. You yeah. actually came over and really helped me finish it, but it wasn't close to being done yet. Well, it was because, close to being done because you haven't been yeah. able to get rid of the games you were trying. Right. You were waiting for this trip. Yeah, exactly. So I called at least 100 board games. If not more. If not more. Um, in in this process, cleared out a bunch, finally got it clean today. Mm-hmm. Today was my, my wholesome day. I'm, I can just go in there. There's no chairs, so I might just like awkwardly sit in the middle of like a... In the floor or something, and be surrounded by cardboard. You should, but, uh, whenever they bring it up, get that, uh, the, what is it, the, the all play, the foldable gaming table that they're gonna come up with, and that put that in your gaming room. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. 
this might be an opportunity for me to try and build my own. Like that is true. You do have the space in that room for yep. uh, not a like a huge one, but I think you could do at least by a four by four by four foot. Yeah, probably. if not a little bit longer. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I think you can get what my dining room table is a uh, six by. Th- Four, I think, is what my. I probably room. could. I just don't want to risk the, having the another spot the, to put things. On, yeah, the you know? the chairs. But if you get that folding one that Gamefound is supposed to be coming up with, mm-hmm. you could once you're done, put it up and hey, look, there's no table for me to put stuff on. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh no, there's stuff in the middle of the floor. I can't put on my table. Rats. <laughs> Not again. Skunked again. All right, let's get into today's episode. As I talk, talked about at the top of the episode, mm-hmm. we're going to be breaking down uh, a classic board game and i say classic loosely a lot of gamers do know about this game mm-hmm. um i haven't said what it is yet and it's but still in print but our criteria I, is five years older ten, or more ten i'm sorry ten years older mm-hmm. or more and we thought it would be funny because it's 2024 now to go into the 2014 pool yep that's right and so this game came out in 2014 i believe and mm-hmm. this is one of the biggest deck builders at the time mm-hmm. this is star realms yeah yeah so, the way I went through this one for these picks, I went through to make sure, and I usually try to do this, where you can still get the game. Sure. Uh, that I'm recommending, making it easier for people to go out to get it. Um, that's one of my criteria uh, for this, is that it needs to be currently in print, and I did check multiple places. Like, I know a few are kind of hard to get ask yeah. but you can go to like directly to the website of the company and they'll usually sell it there too sure and you can go to other places too so yeah we we have plenty of games that we're going to be recommending today yes where not just a game but five, five different game. games based on our criteria each each yeah maybe some we may crossover. have crossovers yeah. but more than likely i i i already know one that i think is going to be on your list that's not on mine but i think i know one that's definitely on yours but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll, I'll, I'll save my predictions to later. Uh, but we'll break them down in five different ways. Uh, one will be ease of play, how familiar, simple the mechanisms are, the likelihood of getting it to the table, and how easy it is to understand, learn, and or teach. The next tri- criteria we use is replay value. This is the length and time of the scaling well of the game, the minimum number of plays for the full experience, and expandability if there's already existing expansions or future expansions coming. Yeah. Um, meaningful choice, the impact on other players, the depth of strategy, tactics, or skills, and, uh, likelihood of analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and game immersion, is the game fun to lose? Uh, the player interactions, whether you're role-playing or you're having table talk, you're trash-talking, you know, just enjoying messing with each other. And the memorable moments, the stuff that is going to make you stand up and shout. Yeah. And art and production, the art, graphic design, PC components. So if you like any of those part factors about Star Realms, hopefully you'll find games that you can branch off to from there. Exactly. And also, in my case, I did not put Hero Realms in there because it's like a one-to-one. Agreed. Yeah, Hero Realms is almost like a direct copy. So I wanted to make sure that that was separated as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I did not put Just Hero one Realms is uh, sci-fi and one's fantasy. Yep. And I actually don't think I have any Wise Wizard games on here. Mm, no, I do not. No, I do not. Cool. All right, so we'll begin with ease of play. Yep. We do know that Star Realms is a pretty simple game. A straightforward to, uh, deck builder. Yep, easy to pick up and learn, and uh, you're going to be starting us. All right, so my first game here, I 
try to avoid going like too many deck builders, but I mean, it's just, it's not too, it's too infrequent. There's a lot of good games that follow that deck building thing. Sure. And so when I thought of ease of play, the first thing that popped in my mind and I'm like, yep, it works. Uh, and uh, Star Realms, you're just going head to head and fighting each other. Mm-hmm. It started as a two player and it expanded where you can play with like four people and stuff like that. Yeah. But you're still going to head to head and trying to knock people's points off. I'm like, sometimes that's going to be a turnoff for some people. So sure. what I went ahead for the ease of play is something that's still going to give you that fill, still going to give you that deck building uh, capabilities. It, it is a deck builder, but it's not going to be head to head. Instead, it's a race. And this one is Summer Camp. It's a, a game by Buffalo Games. It's really well uh, component. It's a simple race deck building. You're getting different sets of, and it's modular too, so you're picking basically three different sets of cards that you're going to buy into, plus the standard cards you use every game. And what you're doing is you're just trying to move down the track and be the furthest one to get all the way, because once someone hins, uh, gets to the last uh, side, you're trying to get your meeples all the way over there to get as many points as you can. The most points at the end of the game wins. Mm-hmm. It is by far one of the simplest uh, deck builders that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no head-to-head really other than a race sometimes it gets a little finicky because you get stuck in, uh, at certain points where you have like high-powered value right. out there and so you got to finagle how you're going to try to get those out there I wish there was a way you can cycle through the deck a little bit more uh, through through the buying decks and stuff like that but and all in all it's a very beautiful done game uh, by Phil Walker Harding uh, um, who is one of our favorite designers it's true uh, so yeah, I really do love the theme on this as well because everybody remembers having good memories of, you know, either going camping or just doing fun stuff in summer, like hiking or cooking outside and doing stuff like that. So, right. uh, yeah, so for me, it is summer camp. That was like the first thing that came to mind when I thought of ease of play. Yeah. And you know, that's actually a really good pick because in Star Realms, one of the big things, unlike most, uh, unlike previous deck builders from years before, you are limited in how you can approach it. You mm-hmm. know, you're limited in either number of actions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Star Realms was the first one where I literally just said, "Okay, just play everything yep. and go." Like that—that's his big thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes it real simple. Uh, when you're playing with somebody new, you can say, "Literally, just put down your hand, and mm-hmm. I'll show you what you need to do." Yeah, exactly. Any damage is coming straight to me anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, as and then you're just off, bu- any money you're just buying something out of the road. Yeah, you're buying something out of the road, so it's really easy to pick up and and go with that. And I feel. Summer Camp does that as well. And also another thing that that Star Realms does that I think is really interesting is the fact that when you play multiple factions, it can kind of give you that little combo system mm-hmm. going. And Summer Camp also does that as well. Like, as you move your meeples along, you might land on another spot that lets you draw a card or move mm-hmm. another piece or and kind of get that simple... Uh, combo-tastic yeah. nature of it, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Which is why that's also my pick. <laughs> I was like, I, was like, like, I know where you're going yeah, with this you now. you know where I'm going with this, yeah. So, summer Camp, I 100% agree. Ease of play. That the, was the fir- Like I said, that was the first thing that came to be ease of play. And I'm right. like, I was looking at my shelf, I'm like, oh, nope, there it is. Well, well so Star Realms was kind of the game that I use as an introduction to two, building, yeah. and I think Summer Camp has replaced that for me. Yeah, I don't disagree. The, um... Just barely, though. Star Realms was one, uh, and for me, I I would use Fantasy Realms because that was the one I preferred. Yeah. But um, when Summer Camp Hero came... Hero Realms. Hero Realms, sorry, yeah. yeah. Hero Realms. Fantasy Realms is a totally different game. Very different game. Uh, but Hero Realms, but um, when it came to um, Summer Camp, when I was like, this is a great introductory. Uh, when we first played it, we fell in love with it. Uh, it was funny. Was it... Was it 
Dom with us or was it Nate with us when you're like, hey, they have it at Target and we went and bought it and played it immediately? I don't know. <laughs> I, I know somebody was, was with I us. Was yeah, and somebody was with us. You went and bought it because it was the only copy there. Came back. We all played it. It literally like, was during one of our game nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we had been talking about it. It's like, I wonder if it's in stock at Target. So I looked up, looked at the phone. Oh, it says it's in stock. There's there's multiple copies. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, we all. Yeah, that was that's one of the very few times that's ever happened. Yeah, no, and which it is was awesome. Yeah, we had a great time with it. So yeah, it's easy to play. Cool. <laughs> Let's go on to replay value, and this is games that scale around the same length of time, feels fast, minimum number of plays, also same number of expansions. plus expansions, or as close as you can. Yeah, be. Um, you'll be starting us. All right, so I'm thinking this is the one you thought was going to be on my list. Can you? You want to try to take Ascension? It? Yep. Yep. And it was just for this reason. This this game, you can find the 10th anniversary edition still. You can find some of the other editions still. Like, we saw some at uh, Isle of Games. They had uh, mm -hmm. stuff at Isle of Games oh. for Ascension. Yeah, and it's this one. It's it's a head-to-head -head battler, except for you're not fighting each other. You're just trying to get the most points by either fighting monsters that are coming in the center row, or you're fighting or you're buying stuff out of the center row, which also will give you points. I like the the scaling on this one because depending on the player count is in there, there is a pool of coins or tokens, like gems, which will tell you how much. So in a two-player game, I think it's like 60 gems. There, yeah. There's ones and fives. So once that pool's gone, you could still grab from outside that pool, but that's your, your, your timer. So once that pool's done, then you just finish out that round. And then you pick up all those, uh, you count up your points the out of the gems and the points on the card, and it does really, really well. And I love this game a lot. I have like four or five different, ex not expansions, because all their expansions, really, there's like a couple expansions, but most of it is just standalone expansions. You can mix and match. There's some that are really good. If you get a chance, I highly recommend getting Dawn of Champions. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because it is the same reason I would recommend if you get Star Realms, you get the, um, I forget what it is, I think it's the Captain's Expansion, where it kind of gives you an idea of who you, what kind of cards you want to go after because you're going to get stuff based off that. So in Star Realms, if you have the Captain that deals with the Blob, you kind of want to start collecting blob cards because they're going to be all work with you. And yeah. Donna Champions is, does the same thing where you have four different factions in there. And now it's saying, hey, if you're the Mechana champion, you're if you buy enough Mechana or you fight enough Mechana monsters, you're going to get your champion into your deck and you're going to start doing its special ability. And so that is my favorite set of Ascension. It's a little hard to find because it's a few years old now. I think it was like 2017 when that one came out. Yeah. But you could get the 10th anniversary edition still. You can get some of the little two-player, like, 1v1 packs. Yeah, because uh, this came out about the same time. Time, yeah. But this is still very solid. And the same thing with Star Realms. You can still get this one, too. It's still being right. supported by their companies. But, yeah, for me, it's Ascension. And so very wrong recommended Shards of Infinity, which is, like, Ascension Plus as well. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't have Shards of Infinity. I haven't played it. You I always do. highly recommended it. Uh, so highly on recommend their it. most recent Kickstarter, I backed the all-in, so I'm getting everything for it. Oh, so. nice. Yeah, you're going to really enjoy it. The only it. thing I didn't do was back the tin. I wanted the box. I don't care about the foil cards. Just give me the box. I do not want the tin. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> how that works. Cool. Uh, one I had for replay value, it does not have nearly as many expansions. In fact, it only has one expansion, so it's not that. But what I really wanted it to feel like is is something that has that same, like, I, Star Realms, it, it has replay value in how the cards come out, mm -hmm. how you build your deck. 
but you are essentially moving the same engine along, you know, it's just in yeah. slightly different variables of how it works. And I wanted a game that felt like that, like where you have, you could see slightly different nuances as you're playing each game. It feels about the same. It plays, I think, two to four as well. This is Furnace. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I thought that made perfect sense. Other yep. than just not so it's not a deck builder. It's more of an engine builder. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, deck builders are engine builders in, to in an extent, extent yeah. right? Um, to a degree. Yeah. But I feel like if you like how you could bring it out real easy, it plays good at all player counts. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple to learn once you get past the very quick learning curve. You're like, cool, I can learn how to play this, replay it, and then every time you play it from there, you can add a little bit of nuance, a little bit of different changes in how you approach everything mm -hmm. with the different characters as well as the different furnaces and converting those engines while still feeling uh, not samey but feeling... yeah. You know, yeah. Comfortable and familiar as you're playing. I thought Furnace made sense for replay value. Yeah, I was trying to get an engine builder in here, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to go with the straight deck builders because yep. these are the things I was thinking about. So, yeah, no, but that's a great pick. Thank you. All right. Meaningful choice. choice. This is how well you can impact other players' strategy, which, I mean, this is specifically head-to-head -head combat in mm -hmm. Star Star Realms. Um, your depth of strategy, tactics, or skills. And also, like, how quick the turns move. Like, do you... Analyze, overanalyze, can you yeah. get lost in strategy? Let's talk about meaningful choice. There we go, I'll be starting this one. There you go. So this one is probably the mo the closest to Star Realms that out of all of the games. And this is like Star Realms Plus. I don't think you own it yet. But this was one that I saw at the Gamma Trade Show. A friend of mine bought it from Fantasy Flight Games. And yeah, you know what it is immediately, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> mm -hmm. This is Star Wars the deck building game. It really is Star Realms Plus. This is one of those ones where if you like the strategy that you're going into a game of Star Realms and you want to give it that little bit extra push, push extra yeah. oomph, Star Wars deck building game is incredibly familiar. Yeah. It, it has cards that stay in front of you similar to... Mind you, it has the worst name ever. It really does. <laughs> it has I the mean, most generic name. It, it's it's not the worst name, but it is the most generic. <laughs> like, it, it's the most uninspired <laughs> title as you can it get. It really is. It's telling you exactly what it is. It's a Star Wars game, and it's deck building. It's not like yeah. uh, that's what it the is. Fight of the Empire or something like that. Right, exactly. And you have that direct conflict. You know, instead of... Uh, Star Realms, you're trying to get them from 50 to 0 life. This mm -hmm. one, you're trying to kill three of their bases, but it's the same general idea. You're doing damage. Um, you can also, in this one, though, you can actually attack some of the cards that belong to certain people in the middle before they're purchased to give yourself a little bonus. Yeah, I do like that twist. Yeah, which is a great twist to it. Mm -hmm. So instead of attacking your planet or one of your uh, cards that stay out, uh, whether it's, a, um, whether it's a, a base or whatever it is, I could attack it, but instead I could, might want to attack this one card in the middle just yeah. to make sure that I can do enough damage for it. Yeah. Um, it works really well. It does. And and again, if you're starting to get to the point where you're where you've played through and through, now granted the scenarios help fix that in Star Realms, so it's right on the same point. It's yeah. comfortable. It's just as good depth of strategy. And it's familiar with the IP. Strict, it's a great strictly two-player game, though, because it yeah. says you can play four. I don't recommend that at all, because yeah. you mean, need to get a second copy of it, too. Star Realms was fine at two. Two, yeah. But, I mean, like, uh, Star Realms was great at two. At two, yeah. No. It was fine at four. Yeah. Or more. But I don't... It's the same idea. The Star, Star Wars, the deck-building game, 
Just two-player game, but very good strategy. All right, so the one I went for a meaningful choice is, and by the way, that was a good pick, uh, is one of the newer ones out there. And this, it can be one of two things. The one I picked is the one I have played, so that's why I went with this one. And that is Astro Knights. I do really like this one when it comes to the meaningful choice, especially when it comes to impacting other player strategy, because you have to work as a team when you're fighting like the big bad and stuff like sure. that. And it kind of forces you to kind of role play your character too. Yeah. So this could have gone either in this one or game immersion, but I think it just fits here a better because again, with the impacting of other player strategies, as well as the depth of strategy, tactics and skills, you need to learn to play your character because my character He's the fighter. You want to take care of me as the fighter. And you're, so you're like, okay, I'm going to give you these weapons for you can start doing your thing over there. And our other friend was like, I'm going to start getting these cards in here for I can start doing this. And now I'm going to boost your power. This way you can hold more weapons to shoot the thing over sure. there. And so you're working as a team. You're actually strategizing as a whole, like how we're going to do this. It's like, hey, if I do this, or if you could somehow give me that gun over there, and then my character can shoot it four different times. And so it affects it. And then when you get into, like, most deck building, once you're done with your stuff, you take it up, you shuffle it up, and it just kind of randomizes everything in there. And then you have a whole other depth of that choice you've got to make as to how you're going to set up your discard pile. Because once you're having to draw, you flip over your discard pile, and whatever was at the bottom is now your top of the deck. And I, I really do like that. And, and I said this is kind of a couple games. Because Astronite's the one I picked, because that's the one we play, but Aeon Ends does the exact same thing. It's just fantasy versus sci-fi, so along the same lines as Hero Realms versus uh, Star Realms. Astronites. Astronites, yes. Yeah. So, but the other one is Aeon Ends, so yeah. it's back, back and forth between yeah. the two. You can you can do either or, depends on what flavor you want. And I went with this one another too, because it fits with the Star Realms, Star Realms themes too, because yeah. both of these are in space and sci-fi and stuff like that. So it does... Uh, enhance and give you that feel of you have to make smart choices with how you're building your discard pile in your deck and working as a team. So, yeah, for me, right. it's Astro Knights. All right. Now let's go into Game Immersion. This is talking about, like, a uh, combination of, is the game fun to lose? Like, bring you brings you into the theme. Do you have those memorable moments? Are you likely to play role-play your characters? Mm -hmm. And finally, does it have those stand-up moments, those really impactful ones? Star Realms, unfortunately, doesn't have much, much of, of that. that. Yeah, they, uh, they can at times. They, it's fine to lose. It's it's still satisfying yeah. either way because most deck builders do that. And before we get going, so very wrong about games says Shadow Rift is also a great deck building co-op. Have not played it. No, not either. I will check that out then. All right, uh, game immersion. Let's talk about games that are similar to the game immersion. All right, and it's a good thing I'm going first because you already mentioned this game. It's our second crossover. I went in game immersion with this one. This is Star Wars, yeah. the deck building game, and I do own it. It's at the bottom right there. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, it is a good head-to-head -head battle alert like Star Realms is, uh, and I, I I do love the theme that comes out of it. Uh, it's another space battle alert, but it's with the Star, War, Star sure. Wars theme on it, and the reason why I put it in here, because there was memorable moments when I played this game. Our friend, our mutual friend Dom, I was playing against him. He was playing the Jedi side, and I was playing the uh, Rev or the Empire side. Yeah. And so I took a commanding lead, because the way your decks, the asymmetrical feel of this, makes you really get into that player interaction. I was calling him Rebel Scum as I was fighting him <laughs> the whole time. And so, and it gives you that thematic. I'm very good out the gate. I, I literally took a two-planet-to-none lead in the very beginning, 
But then his card, instead of like concentrating on taking his stuff out of the middle row and fighting those things, I was like, I'm going to just concentrate and try to take his planets. But he started getting his good cards in there and they started working together and he basically built the Rebel Alliance and he nope. just started hammering me and there was nothing I could do. I could put out my big star base over there. He took, takes that out. Then he starts hitting my planet. And I put another star base out there and Darth Vader comes out and he takes out that. And now Darth Vader's in my discard pile. So I'm like, oh God, there's my very powerful card over there. And so it leads to all those memorable moments. And so I'm getting his last planet and it's close to being defeated. And then... Boom, he just ends up hitting my last planet and destroys me. And he Absolutely. literally was down two to nothing, came back and won three to two. And I was like, that is exactly how it feels in the movies and stuff yeah. like that. Because you feel like the Empire is like this big, strong force. Yeah. And the Rebels are just building and building and taking pot shots here yeah, and there. And, 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 yeah. And, and then they start working together and do really, really big. And I'm like, that is an amazing, and it comes out in this, and you really do get into that immersiveness, and it leans to that memorable yeah. moments. And I lost that game, and I had a blast with it. So, for me, that's why this went there rather than the meaningful choice. And though that is a great spot there too for it, it just I really got into the role playing aspect of this game. So, sure, Star Wars the deck building game. Uh, the one that I had for game immersion, it's so one we brought it up earlier is that. Hero Realms and Star Realms, you know, are effectively the same game. Yeah. It's whether you like sci-fi or whether you like fiction, or I'm sorry, fantasy. Yeah. Uh, medieval style. They're all fantasy, fiction, right? They're all fiction, right? And and there's different versions of that, but it can be adapted to either one. But mm -hmm. what it really comes down to is the core mechanisms is what carries the game. The fast, quick gameplay. The feeling like, oh, okay, different parts of it does actually feel different depending on how I'm approaching it. And I actually found a card game that I thought it, it's kind of a generic sci-fi theme, and it's based off of a medieval card game as well, or at least they're very similar. I picked Race for the Galaxy. Oh, okay. yeah. And is that, that based off Dominion? San Juan. San Juan, yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's effectively, you know, well, no, is Puerto it San Rico, Juan based off of uh, Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico, yeah. So uh, both San Juan and Race for the Galaxy were came out around the same time. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, Tom Lehman, who came up with Race for the Galaxy, was also working with um, another person independently with for with San Juan, mm. and they just happened to be developing it near the same time. There is enough differences between them, but they okay. are, you know, feeling they're similar games. So it's one of those ones where if you like San Juan, you'll probably like Race for the Galaxy or vice versa. Mm -hmm. I like but, San Juan a lot. I haven't played Race for the Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a space version, kind <laughs> of. I okay. mean, there's a little bit, of, there is enough dif differences between the two. Um, where you can tell, like, the fantasy version is a little more friendly. Like, kind of like in the Hero thing, Realms. The, the thing, too, about Race for the Galaxy, this thing is around the same time Star Realms came out, if not earlier. Oh, much earlier. And it's, it's like still in print, too. Yeah. So that's saying something about the it staying power. Yep, yep. Race for the Galaxy has been around for a really long time. And so if you... And you've never played it, but... um. Yeah, you wouldn't like it on the colorblind part of oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've told me, warned me about it. So yep. you even told me, like, if you like it, San Juan would probably be something you would want to pick up because it's much easier. On yeah, the it does, it's not reliant on yeah. colors, yeah. And so this gives me that same immersiveness. You know, it's a space theme. If you mm -hmm. like sci-fi, you could bring it out just by acting out the characters. But it gives you the same feel. You're building that engine. You're being clever with the cards. And you're going to feel about the same winning a round of Star Realms as you would with winning Race for the Galaxy. Albeit, it is a little more complicated, but not by much. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, when it comes to like San Juan, I've played that one, but I haven't played Star Realms. So yeah. or um, not Star Realms. Uh, 
Hero Road. Hero Road. No, no, the one you're talking about. Uh, Race, uh, for, the Race for the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, I've looked at Roll for the Galaxy for a while, too. So. Yeah, it was okay. But no, I, I do want to try it, but I'm just real hesitant with the colorblindness. Yes, it's it's very tough. Very All right, tough. last one. And our last one will be Pieces and Components, or Art and production. production. yep. And this is pretty straightforward. This is talking about graphic design. This is talking about... Um, just component quality. <laughs> component quality, all that stuff. I'll Maybe. be starting us off. Um, I mean, Star Realms is a deck-building card game. Mm -hmm. There's not... In fact, they don't have tokens in that. They have life counters that are made up of cards. Yeah. But... You have a life counter, you have starting deck of cards, and you have damage that's being distributed amongst the, the different things. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward how it works, but it's all, fundamentally, it is uh, just a card game. So I wanted to pick a card game, obviously, because those are the pieces of components. I wanted a good quality card game, like not just like a flimsy, you know, cheap card one. So mm -hmm. I found one with, you know, 300-pound paper, I think, minimum. But... I really like the art in both Star Realms and Hero Realms. Like, I think they're really great art. Okay. Like, there's there's very few times that I'm like, ugh, that's ugly art. No, I, almost all the artists do a beautiful job on it. It's mm -hmm. really high quality. Uh, but it also has a bit of levity to it. So I was like, what has what's a card game that has really, like, specifically good art, but doesn't have to take itself seriously all the time? I picked Keyforge for that. Um, and... A lot of the art in that is, I mean, it's, it's a little more playful, but again, you can tell that a lot of the artists could have had background in, like, making Magic the Gathering cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's the high quality. I didn't want to pick Magic the Gathering because I don't think that's a genuine recommendation. Just because you like Star Realms, I don't necessarily think you'll yeah, like, like, yeah. like uh, Magic the Gathering. However, I will say that um, one of the designers of Star Realms was, like, a Magic the Gathering player, yeah. like, professional Magic the yeah. Gathering player. So, obviously, he had some inspiration. He knew that he wanted good art for it. So, Keyforge being Richard Garfield's later game and from Fantasy Flight, it just has great art. Great theming to it. Like, the, the action that's present in the cards themselves are really great. And the iconography is consistent. Like, mm -hmm. you understand what you're looking at. You understand why you're looking at it and what the purpose is of what you're doing. And if you buy a deck, you can just play the deck and you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, pieces of components... Honestly, and inexpensive to get into Keyforge. Yeah, so I always find this funny because we always go at two different points when it comes to pieces of components. You're like, I want something pretty much the same. I'm like, I want something that's the same or better quality. And so I went on the better quality, but I went along the same kind of like meta aspect of the game. A little too meta, but I really want to give this game a lot more love. I do. I did finally get to play this and I did really enjoy it. It's from our friends at Level 99. I ended up picking Millennium Blades for my art and production copy okay. because you get some great components out of there. You get stacks of paper money. Yep. It is, in essence, deck building, per se, because yep. you're buying and willing and dealing to get decks uh, in your things, and you're playing them out into a tableau, so you're trying to get like the best set of cards for your engine to fire off correctly to get the most amount of points, or what is in there, prestige or legendary yep. or something like that. Mm -hmm. I just really, really enjoyed this one. Um, I had a great time with it, and so I just love the metagame aspect of it, and it comes with great card quality like Star Realms. It comes with great components when you have like your little player mat that's double-sided, and you have deck boxes, and you have off-the-cards and stuff like that. I love the meta aspect of it in that sense. You're basically playing a TCG 
deck building slightly card game and so i do enjoy this one a lot especially when it comes to the pieces and components and i know for a fact you can still find it in the wild because i saw a copy of this at uh isle of games so That's right. so if you're in the tucson area <laughs> go get it yeah so if you get a chance it's a really great game it's really well produced it's probably one of the most the largest production games I've ever put on any of this list. Sure. But I love this game a lot for what it is. So Now, to keep in mind, Millennium Blades is at least $100. I mm -hmm. think it's like 120 yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, Star Realms is 20 20 yeah. So, like I said, mind. equal to or above. This is well above, so... <laughs> I wasn't going about budget. That's not one of our criteria. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. As shenanigans as it may be. <laughs> but, you know, again, if you'd like anything with Star Realms, then hopefully you'll find some of the games that we've recommended. And especially the crossovers, there's, there's a reason, reason why they're Daniel there. and I are both recommending them. And the fact that we almost had a double pure crossover yeah. is that you had yours in Meaningful Choice and my other one was in Game Immersion which were like right back to back and then we had the same ease of play yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So, there's a reason we recommend those. So hopefully you'll find another game that you love with our board game breakdown today. Uh, or board game brainstorm today. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to contact us directly, whether it's to give us ideas for future episodes, say hello or enter in future contests, you can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as all video reuploads will be found on YouTube under youtube.com slash at Everyday Board Games Podcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. And if you ever want to join us on a live episode like our friends Mesmo, So Very Wrong About Games or Corrupt Senate, you can join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames where we stream weekly for our live episodes and join in on the conversation. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and Apple. So as always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.